Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. I was telling the worship team earlier before anybody got here that we were out, somebody was sitting back here, I was sitting right here, somebody was sitting over here, and what I told them, I said, guys, it's kind of like being in detention. Raise your hand if you've ever been in detention, and they separate. You had one in the corner over here, one over That's what it felt like, but that's not what it's like this morning because you're here. But that's what it was like when they were here because they're terrible. Anyway, so if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to John, uh, let's see, John chapter 20. John chapter 20, starting with verse 19. We're going to be landing there this morning. And like I said, it is good to be back together with you guys. I want to be honest with you. There's nothing like being together with you guys. There's nothing like being together and coming together where we can pray with one another, where we can corporately pray as, as individuals, but not only that, but worship together. Didn't the worship band do a great job this morning in lead us on, leading us in worship? But also, I thought about this, but also being able to grow together as we read Scripture. Worshiping together, praying together, growing together as we read Scripture. That's what church is all about. It's about a corporate group of people coming together and growing in the Lord. And I know that over the last several weeks has been different, and we've had to do a lot of changes and a lot of things differently. But I want to tell you this morning, God has still been moving. That even though this building has been empty of people, God has still been moving. Why? Because as Teresa said, God has a plan. And that whenever the enemy comes in and tries to destroy God's plan, God does something miraculous out of it and he turns it into something good. And what I feel like God is going to do through this situation that has happened to us, through this virus, through whatever, God is going to bring a great revival to our church where there's going to be millions and millions of people who are going to get saved right before Jesus returns. I'm just telling you, God is doing something, guys. And if we will continue to push, uh, press in and push closer to God, we are going to see things not only happen in our church, but we'll see things happen in our lives individually, but also in our families. So I'm glad to be able to be back together. And what I thought, and I think I said this earlier, through this whole process, we've been praying about when the right time to come together. We didn't want to rush it. We didn't want to just come back and just have church just to be having church. We wanted to make sure that we were praying for the right time and we had everything in place for everyone to, to be able to come back and worship together. And I thought through this whole process, what better day than to come back than on Pentecost Sunday? Because it's almost like, guys, it's almost like we're relaunching our church. We're stepping into the new. We've been away from the building, but now we have come back to the building, and it's almost like God is saying, I'm about to do something new. We're re relaunching on Pentecost Sunday, the day that, that the group of people gather together in the upper room, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come so the church could be established. That's what I, that's my, taught, my, my pr premises behind this message this morning is this, is that the Holy Spirit will fill your lives so that we will be able to go out and do even more than what we've already done. Because the Bible says that, that when Jesus leaves, 
and he sends the Holy Spirit back to us, he says to us that we will be, be able to do even more than what he did here on this earth. Think about that for a moment. You think about all the miracles and all the things that Jesus did while he was here on this earth. And he says that we will be able to do more than what he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's a good place to re realize that, that God is doing something new and God is establishing the church and he's beginning to do something new. Because on that day, they met together somewhere around, I think the Bible said around 120 people that day waiting and watching for the promise that Jesus has spoken about several times. See, Jesus reminded them over and over again about this promise called the Holy Spirit. And I want to read a couple of scriptures to you this morning that talks about that. John chapter 14, verse 26 says this. It says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. And then he goes on to say in John chapter 16, verse 7, he says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And I want you to think about that for a moment. That's Jesus talking to his disciples saying, Guys, it's better that I leave because what I am sending you is going to be better than even me itself. I'm sending you something. I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you something that's going to empower you, that's, that you're going to be able to go out and into to the communities and to the places and talk about this, this gospel, this, this good news. You see, this, this moment, this upper room experience, it took place just days before or after the days, the days that the disciples had witnessed and gone through some of the darkest times that they had gone through. The upper room experience followed the death of Jesus Christ. Think about that for a moment. Think about the darkness. Think about the difficulty that took place while Jesus was being crucified that day. Now, we have seen some dark times. We have gone through some difficult moments in our life. But I'm telling you, there, was, there would be nothing like watching that take place with your own eyes that day. It was a difficult time. It was a difficult moment. They had experienced something that they had never experienced before. That even though Jesus talked about it, even though Jesus mentioned it throughout Scripture talking to them, they really didn't understand what he was talking about. Some had watched that day. Others probably had received the news from other people that, that their friend, their leader, had been crucified. One of the most gruesome ways to die happened that day to an innocent man. In shock, probably wondering, in that, in that meeting after, you know, in just a moment we're going to talk about it. In shock, probably wondering, what's going to happen to them now? What's going to happen to them? What's next? What are we going to do now? Where are we going to go? I cannot believe this happened to Jesus. I can't believe that we just experienced this. I can't believe that it's happening or it even happened to him. And what I thought about is probably like most people have done through this whole time. Like I even myself have said, I cannot believe that all of this is happening. It's just strange. We pulled up to a restaurant last night to pick up some food. It's still strange to see everybody in masks and everybody staying sick. It's just different. It's just strange. But I'm telling you guys, even though we're experiencing something different right now, God is still moving. The Spirit is still going to go forth in our world. It's just different. Even in the middle of all the chaos that's even happening right now, you've seen it on the news. 
Cities are being burned down. Buildings are being burned down. All this stuff that is happening. Can I tell you, I know it doesn't look like there's anything good that's going to come out of it, but I'm telling you, in the midst of the chaos, God is still moving and God is going to do something incredible. He is. He's going to do something incredible through everything that we've been through. So John chapter 20, verses 19 through 20 says this. It says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I want you to pray with me this morning. Father, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this time that we have to be together in your word. And God, I pray that you would speak to us today, Father, something that maybe we haven't even seen in Scripture before. And God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Scripture tells us that Jesus, before he left this earth, appeared to his disciples somewhere around 40 days before he was taken up into heaven. During that time, I do believe that he was teaching and he was talking with his disciples, preparing them for what was about to happen, as he had already done in the past. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it says this, it says, Now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised, But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And then it goes on to say in Acts chapter 1, verses 4, it says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, Do not leave Jerusalem. But he said, Wait for the gift of the Father, excuse me, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. What was so important about the promise? What was so important about the Holy Spirit? Why did Jesus want them to wait before they went out, before they did anything else? Why did he want them to wait to receive the Holy Spirit? Here's the reason why. Because the Holy Spirit gives you power. It gives you power to be able to go out into the communities and be able to witness and to minister to people that sometimes you didn't think you'd be able to minister to. Think about this for a moment. Before Paul or before Saul became Paul, he went around and, and basically was trying to destroy Christianity. He was trying to, to rip it apart. He was trying to do everything he can to stop Christianity. But when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, something happened in him to where he did a complete life change. Everything happened in his life. He received power. He received all these things that he didn't have before. Why? Because he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit through the power of Jesus Christ. You see, the church needs it today, just like they needed it then. The church needs a move of the power of the Holy Spirit that will empower us so that we can go out and overcome the forces of the enemy that he's going to throw against us. We need that power. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was talking about so that we can go out and make disciples, as Jesus has called us all to do, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit in our lives. It gives us power. It also helps us make make decisions based on what the Scripture says, not on what we want. 
It gives us power. It helps us make decisions. It helps us to live a better life. It helps us to live godly lives. And it also gives us the ability to love other people. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to love other people when you don't want to love them or when I don't want to love them. So it was important that Jesus says, guys, you don't need to leave until you receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit because you're about to do something that you haven't done yet. You're about to encounter things that you haven't encountered yet. And it's going to be totally different. Why? Because I'm going away and now you're going to be leading the way. You're going to be leading the church. You're the one that's going to go out and and reach people and talk about the gospel and all these things that, that Jesus did here on earth. Receiving that power to become something that we were not before. Can I tell you, before I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was nothing. And I'm still nothing. Trust me, I am nothing. But I am much different now than I was yesterday through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I've been able to encounter things that I have never encountered. I've been able to do things that I never thought I'd be able to do. Why? Because it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that has equipped me to be able to do the things that God's called me to do. And if I didn't have that, then I would not have anything. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that God has given. And he says, I need you guys to wait for it. Don't leave until you receive it. Because God was about to lead them through different communities. God was about to send them out to do miracles. He was about to send them out to start to to continue what he had already started. You see, the followers of Jesus are now going to become the leaders by the Holy Spirit. Think about that. The the disciples who were following Jesus for a little over three years, now he's going away and now he's taking them and he's putting them in a leadership position, in a pastoring position, in a missionary position to go out and to win the world. The followers are now going to be leaders to take what God started and continue it on to where we are today. Yes, we are followers of Jesus Christ, but I want you to know something this morning. You're a leader we are called to lead people. We are called to lead our families. We're called to lead our, lead our friends. We're called to lead our coworkers. And how do we do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. By being equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit. It changes lives. Just look at Peter. A man who just moments before was out there with a sword cutting people's ears off. Now it's filled with the Holy Spirit and he's preaching a message where over 3,000 people get saved. Something happened within him to where a man is now cutting off ears and now he's preaching forgiveness and talking about Jesus Christ. That's the Holy, the Holy Spirit does something within us that we can't do ourselves. Lives are transformed into something new. So this morning, I'll, real quickly, I want to share three things with you this morning. From this scripture. Number one is this. In, in, in the middle of all the chaos and everything that's going on, I want to I want to remind you of this. Jesus still shows up. Jesus still shows up. Look at verse 19. It said, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, but notice what it says, with the doors locked, because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They had the doors locked because they were afraid of what was going to happen to them after, the, after uh, all this stuff that had just t- taken place. And then it says this. It says, Then Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After going through this moment, after witnessing this cruelty that happened 
to Jesus, experiencing something that they had never experienced before. They were together in this room, in this moment, with the door locked because they were afraid. They were afraid of what was going to happen to them. Walking through the moments of uncertainty, they came back together. And guess what the scripture says? As they were there in fear, trembling for their lives, wondering what was going to happen, guess who shows up? Jesus. In the midst of all of that chaos, in the midst of all of that difficulty, Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up in the middle. But what I love about it is this. He doesn't just show up, but he shows up in only, in only a way that Jesus can. The doors were locked. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't worry about knocking on the door. He just appeared right in the middle of them. And I'm going to be honest with you. If that happened to me, if I was at home, I would be totally, totally wigged out. Totally afraid. Hey, the door's locked. How did you get in here? But he shows up in the middle of chaos and confusion and everything that, was, that had happened up until that moment. And he shows up. There, think about this. They're there in that room. They're probably having conversations. They're wondering what's going to happen next. Where do we go from here? What's going to happen to us? All these things are going over and over in their minds. And then Jesus, as Jesus always does, shows up. Can I tell you, he's still doing it. He's still showing up. I, I wish I had time to go in and to tell you the times and times over and over in my life where Jesus has showed up at the right time, when I needed him the most, when I was fearful, when I was in doubt, when I was battling with all the things I had in my life, Jesus showed up. You see, they were afraid because they had locked the door. It says the disciples had locked the door because they were afraid of their life. And it made me think about this. Over the last eight weeks, churches have been locked up. They've been locked up where they cannot come together and have worship. They've been locked up and cannot come together and have times of prayer together. They've been locked, the doors have been locked over the last eight weeks or so. But can I tell you, Jesus was still showing up. It doesn't matter if this door is locked here. If this door is open, he's still going to move. He's still going to be moving. Even though the building's been locked, he's still moving. He's still showing up. He's still showing up in the middle of all the chaos and everything that has been going on. People have been afraid to leave their houses, and rightfully so. We have been told, don't leave your house. And we have done everything that we, that we feel like we need to do. Why? Because we have been told this, and we've, we've listened, and we follow the protocol. But I'm telling you, Jesus was still showing up. The devil thought that if he could shut the doors of the church, that the Holy Spirit would stop moving. And it didn't stop moving, it continued on. Because the people who were hungry for the Holy Spirit have been, still been moving, even though the buildings have been locked. The church is not conformed to these four walls, guys. It's not conformed to these four walls. It's not conformed to this building. Why? Because we're the church. And wherever we go, we take the Holy Spirit with us. We can have church in Walmart. We can have church at the park. It doesn't matter where we are. As long as the Holy Spirit is living within our lives, we can have church. And that's what I feel like God is saying to us. Listen, you've, you've seen some difficulty. You've seen some things happen. But I'm telling you, I'm still moving. I'm moving behind the scenes and doing things that you haven't even seen or even heard of at this time. But he's still moving. He's still showing up. The doors may have been locked, but Jesus is still showing up. We've had to do things different. 
We've had to operate different, but the Holy Spirit is still the same. John chapter 16, verses 33 says this. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But listen what he says. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Where does your peace come from? Him. Everything that comes that we have in our life comes from him. That is good. Not bad stuff, but good stuff. He says, if you're in me, no matter what you go through, you have peace. Even though the world is troubled, even though the things are happening around us, if you are with me, listen, take heart. Why? Because I've already overcome all of that stuff. I've already gone through it. I've already taken care of it. I've already defeated all of that stuff. And if you're in me, you're an overcomer. You will also overcome the obstacles that may happen in your life. Number two is this. Their fear turned into joy. Their fear turned into joy. Look at verse 20. He said, after this, he, the Bible says that he showed them his hands and his side. And then the Bible says that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. In a moment where they were fearful for their lives, the door was locked so that no one could come in. Jesus shows up. And in that moment, Jesus steps into the room and he shows them his hands and his side. And in that moment that they saw him, their fear turned into joy. That the situation that Jesus stepped into changed. Their fear was gone and now they're overcome with joy. Because Jesus steps into the room. We sing a worship song, when you, and I don't remember all of it. When you step into the room, things begin to happen. When Jesus comes into the room, things happen. And in that moment, their fear turned into joy. What I love about this is that Jesus shows them his hands and his side. And what he's doing, he's reassuring them who he is. He's saying, guys, I'm, this is not some ghost. It's actually me. Look at my hands. Look where my hands were, were pierced. And look where my side was pierced. It's actually me. He was reassuring them in that moment where they were overcome with fear. You see, maybe they didn't fully understand the teachings that he had been talking about. But when they saw his hands and when they saw his side, it confirmed who it was to them. Jesus in that moment shows them nothing that, you, that he ever come against in his life could conquer him. That, hand, those, that piercing in his hands and his side is a sign that death tried to kill him, but it could not overcome him. That, it, that he overcome everything that was thrown against him. He overcame it by what? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying to them, guys, no matter what you face, no matter what you go through, this is a proof that I have already overcome it. And if you're with me, you have overcome it as well. You have overcome it as well. You see, all the forces that come against us in this life, all the things that the enemy tries to do to rob us of our peace or to make us live in fear, all of these things that he tries to confuse and bring into our life. Do you understand this morning that Jesus has already defeated it by the power of the Holy Spirit? That we are victorious this morning. I know that sometimes you may not feel it, but I'm telling you, you are victorious by what Jesus has already done for you and for me. He overcame the world. In that moment of uncertainty, in that moment of fear, Jesus says, look at my hands. 
Remember what I've done for you. And everything changed in their life. John chapter 16 verses 20 says this. It says, very truly I tell you. He says, you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve. But listen to what he says. But your grief will be turned into joy. Can I tell you this morning, Shelby, if you would, I want to ask you to come this morning. Can I want to tell you this morning, do you know and understand that it's okay to grieve? It's okay to grieve. It's okay to have those broken moments. It's okay to have those, those sad moments. And we've all had those moments where we've lost someone and we've grieved those times. I had a friend of mine who, who pastored a church in Oxford. He and I were having lunch one day and he was telling me about what's been going on in his life. And, and uh, he had been meeting with a counselor and just some things was going on in his life. His, his father, who he served under for probably 20 years of youth ministry, his father was his pastor, and he was the youth pastor, and his father died of cancer. And during that time of his father's passing, he was trying to plant a church. He was trying to do all of these things. So he told me, he said, Chad, I just never had time to grieve. And he said, it, it really had a toll on my life. I was doing all of this stuff for God. I was planning this church. I was doing all of this stuff. But I never had time to grieve my father's passing. So I, and so I took time to grieve. I took to a, went to a counselor and just began to talk. And so I took time to grieve. And I'm telling you, guys, there's moments where we need to grieve. And it's okay. But that moment where we grieve, God can take that moment of grief and turn it into joy. We don't have to grieve forever. The disciples were sad. They were upset of what was happening, what, what they saw. But he, he, in that moment of grief and despair, he turned it into joy. And that's what God wants to do in our hearts. Is when we feel down, when we feel upset, when we feel all of these things and we are overcome by all of this stuff in our life, God wants to come in and he wants to just to begin to work on us and change us. You will grieve, but your grief will turn into joy. And the third and final thing is this. Jesus was, getting ready to get, Jesus was getting ready for them to go. He met with them. He showed up in that moment. He spent time with them. And then he was getting ready to go. Send them out. Verses 21 through 20, 23 says this. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive others or forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Jesus, in that moment for a second time, looked at them and says, Hey guys, peace be with you. That everything is going to be okay. That my Father sent me to this earth to do what I've done. But now I'm leaving, but now I'm sending you. I'm sending you. You're going, but you're not going by yourself. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. See, his journey was coming to an end, but their journey was just getting started. It was just getting started. They were about to go out and plant new churches. They were going to go out and preach new messages. They were going to go out and witness to people. The church was started on the day of Pentecost. Power. The Holy Spirit fell in that room and they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that they began to speak in other languages. And they went out and they began to preach. But they didn't go alone. They went with the whole 
Holy Spirit. Jesus looked at his disciples and gave them a mission. He says, guys, I'm leaving, but I want you to continue what I've already started. If you would this morning, I want you to stand to your feet as we close. John chapter 17, verses 18 says this. It says, just as you sent me into the world, I am now sending them into the world. You see, the world can be a really dark and ugly place sometimes. But if you remember what Jesus said in John chapter 16, he says, I have already overcome the world. All the darkness, all the difficulty, everything that you will face in your life, I have already overcome all of that that you will face one day. But realize that if you are with me, you are an overcomer. That the devil will not win in your life if you stand on what God's word says and build your life on the foundation of Jesus. He commissioned the church to go and make disciples just like he's commissioning us to get outside the walls of the church and go make disciples. Jesus saved us, filled us with his spirit so that we could go out and engage the world and make a difference. Acts chapter 1 verses 8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the other, and to the ends of the earth. You see, you and I are extensions of Jesus Christ being led by the Holy Spirit. To, in order to fulfill that mission, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say in verse 22, he says, And when he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. In that moment, they received life. Everything changed for them. In that moment, everything changed. It's just like when Jesus breathed into, into Adam and his life was created. It was created. He gave him life. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 9, it says this, And then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say it. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds and, and breathe into the, uh, these, sla these slain so that they may live. Breathing upon us, God gives us life. He turns something dead, something dry, into something fruitful by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you would, at this time, I want you to bow your heads all over this place, and we're going to just take a moment, and we're going to pray. Right there where you stand, right there this morning, whether you're in the building or you're watching us at home, if you would, just take a moment and close your eyes. Because what I want you to do is I want you to make an altar right there where you stand and invite the Holy Spirit into your life. I know maybe you're thinking, well, the Holy Spirit already lives here in my life. And then, this, then just say, Father, come, come, come more strongly in my life, God. Give me more. God, I, I want to be able to go and change the world, God. I want to be able to go and, and do things differently, God. I want to be able to treat my wife or, or my husband differently, God. I want to be able to live in front of my kids differently, Father. I want to be able to do, keep, uh, treat my kids differently. I want to be able to do all these things, God. But I feel like God's saying to us today, today is the relaunch of something new. Today is the day of, of God is relaunching us. As he started the church that day on the day of Pentecost, it's like God is doing something new in our spirits today. And I want to challenge you, don't miss what God wants to do through you and in you. Just because you face difficulty, just because you face challenging times in your life, doesn't mean that God isn't there. 
But as we saw this morning, even in that mist, he still shows up. So dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray this morning, God, that you would come down from heaven, God, and, and you would fill these lives that are here today, God, in this building, but also at home. Church, just lift your hands and just begin to worship in it this morning. Say, Father, God, I just pray that you would fill us up this morning, God. God, fill us up to overflowing, God. Fill us up, Father, where our lives are different than the way that we came into this building today, God. God, we need your power, God. We need that anointing, God. We need to be able to go out in, into the streets and, and engage this community who don't know you, God, and, and talk about the gospel and talk about truth, Father, and do it in love. God, from every person that's here today, God, I pray, may you just begin to fill them up, Father, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet this morning. Because what we need, God, is not another church service. God, we don't need another cool worship song, God, but we need your power. We need your spirit living within us, God. Because that's what leads us. That's what drives us, God. That's what changes us, God. That's what gives us boldness and courage, God, to stand up in a world that we, like we live in today. That, God, you have already overcome the world. God, as long as we live in you and you live in us, God, that we are more than overcomers. We're more than conquerors, God, through Jesus Christ. So, Father, we just thank you for that today. We thank you for that today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we just ask you to just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. fear has to go. God, when you show up, doubt has to go. God, when you show up, darkness has to flee. Father, this morning we just honor you and praise your holy name, God. God, you take what the enemy tried to defeat us with and you turn it around. You use it for the good. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No matter what the enemy is doing or whatever he tries to do, it will not prosper. It will not come forth in our life. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this day. God, be with us as we leave this place today. Protect us and keep us safe as we walk out of this building and get into our cars and we go about our days. We pray that your Holy Spirit would live within us. said amen and amen just a couple of things before you leave if you have your tithes and offerings you can drop it in the basket in, in the back but if we would if we can kind of dismiss in sections tracy and your family if you guys would go ahead and be dismissed at this time we love you guys thank you so much for being here will you give jesus a big hand clap this morning thank you once again for joining us at legacy church Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.